Welcome back to the Red Dice Stories with John and Hannah. Hi. And it's Friday, the best day of the week. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Jenny or Ginny Green Tea. Okay, so we're doing something a little bit different for today's podcast. We've just finished going through with the AD&D First Edition Monster Manual 2. And whilst we're thinking about whether we want to do another Monster Manual or whether we just be repeating ourselves, we thought we'd look at some monsters from folklore that have either appeared or that we think might be interesting to use in Mm -hmm. your games. So the first one we're going to start with is Jenny Greenteeth. This is a hag-like figure from English folklore who in some legends was believed to lurk below the surface under various bodies of water, rivers, lakes, etc., and snatch the unwary, particularly children, into the depths. It's mostly prevalent in Lancashire, Cheshire and Shropshire from about the 19th century onwards, but was also present in other areas with slight differences in appearance and names. So, for instance, the a similar sort of figure was known as Peg Powler in the area surrounding the River Tees, and a similar was the Grindelow from Yorkshire and Lancashire legend. According to some legends, this hag-like figure also lurked in treetops, and in some legends would snatch children who didn't clean their teeth properly. Now, it's largely believed to be an invention to frighten children into being sort of cautious around areas of danger, you know, water, particularly stagnant water. Mm -hmm. And similar figures are found around the world, such as the Slavic Rosalka, and the Jamaican River Mama. Yeah, and anyone in Britain who's our age or just a little bit older will very much be thinking right now of the spirit of lonely water, (sighs) uh, which was like a public service advert that ran in the early 80s where a group of children get lured into playing on a building site or something where there's this stagnant pool of water and one of them i think gets killed in the like 30 second advert you can find it on youtube and yeah it was used to terrify a lot of kids our age yeah i'm not, I'm not sure if a kid gets killed in it but there's certainly a bit where like this this spirit of dark and lonely water which is portrayed as like this dark sort of robed almost like monkish like figure is like oh Look at these unprotected children playing around this river. Little do they know that death is nearby. And then he, he says something about um, there's one of the kids who's like prepared and he's like, oh, I've got no power to get this one. With the obvious implication being like, you best make sure you know what you're doing around water. Otherwise, some creepy ass like monk from an 80s like Hammer Horror film is going to like lunge out of the water and get you. So that's a sort of like traumatic ads that we were dealing with back in our childhood. But that's like our version of yeah. this story. It's this horrible creature that lives under the water. Oh, exactly. That's there to get unwary children who are playing by the water. That's mostly a story that you tell to children to make them stay away from the water. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously there's a long tradition of sort of cautionary tales and folklore around the world you know sort of myths fables etc to warn people away from certain dangerous activities or dangerous areas mm-hmm. and obviously you've set up the spirit of lonely water in modern times think of all the old sort of like horrible like 
don't drink and drive adverts that used to be when you see like people like sliding along roads and going through like car crashes. Still can't listen to that Mumbo, Mungo Jerry song without cringing. Yeah. So the the sort of cautionary tale still has a strong place in our society nowadays. Certainly in Britain, and I'm sure in other places. Now, Jerry Green Teeth, in particular in Britain, has been associated with duckweed which is a small sort of water plant that can form like these large mats of like greenish sort of like mm-hmm. over the um, bodies of water and you find it in canals, ponds, anything where there's stagnant water in Britain. And when it completely covers an area, it can create the impression that it's almost like a solid sort of grassy or mossy surface. But obviously it's just tiny little plants coating the surface of the water. So if you tread on it, you can get sort of like sucked down in whatever mm-hmm. horrible like boggy water there is below. So it might be that this tale sort of arose as a way of scaring children away from playing near these areas, you know, oh, don't go near that. I know it looks lovely and green and it's safe, but, oh, there's a monster lurking below it that'll grab you and pull you down if you step near it. Now, as a little bit of a sort of historical aside, in 2018, an Australian tourist photographed a picture in St James Cemetery at Liverpool which the tourist claimed showed a long-haired figure standing in an overgrown area of the cemetery. Many locals claimed that this picture had captured Jenny Greenteeth and they sort of expanded the legend and various conflicting accounts. She was either a witch or a homeless person with like rotting teeth who lurked nearby. So as we've said before when we're talking about these sort of like urban legends they get expanded and they get altered in the telling. Now, although, as we've said, descriptions of Jenny Green Teeth vary in different places, the most common traits have her with green mottled skin, sharp, rotted or pointed teeth, and long, strong arms with which to grab people. She also appears in the Tiffany Aching books by Terry Pratchett. Indeed she does. Her first appearance, I believe, was in We Free Men. Yep, it's actually the very first part of the very first story with Tiffany Aching. Uh, Jenny Greenteeth is in the river by Tiffany's farm where Tiffany and her little brother are playing. Tiffany rescues her little brother very quickly, takes him back up to the farm and then she gets really like angry, like territorial angry about this monster being in her farm in her stream, attacking her brother. So she gets a bag of sweets, and she gets the frying pan, and she goes back down to the stream. (laughs) And she ties the bag of sweets up so that her little brother's sat there like a juicy piece of bait waiting for Jenny Green Teeth. And then she just whops her with the frying pan. Which I assume would, may have some effect because if she's like a fake creature, it's, it's cold iron. iron. And yeah, later on, um, somebody asks her, Why did you use a frying pan? And she's like, I don't know, it just felt right. And the other one's like, It's because you're a really good witch and you knew that the iron would be better against a fake creature somehow. Well, that's cool, like, yeah, like an instinctive knowledge. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. And I believe in that story, she's described as a grade one prohibitory monster. Indeed, yeah, and they have that same sort of idea that these are creatures that have been created by adults to frighten children, but in the Terry Pratchett books, the act of 
imagining a monster makes it real and the more people believe in it the more real it becomes until it can break through into the disc world yep another piece of media that took inspiration from jenny green teeth was the figure of meg mucklebones well i don't know if you remember she was like a minor antagonist in the 1985 film legend by ridley scott Oh, right. I'd always assumed that was Jenny Green Teeth. I don't remember her. Uh, she's called name. Meg Mucklebones. And in the film, she's a semi aquatic green skinned hag with lanky black hair and claws. She looks below the swamp waters, dragging people in and feasting on them. And in the film, she's depicted as vain and flattery from the protagonist, Jack, proves to be her downfall. But she's only a minor sort of antagonist in it, but you can obviously see sort of where the inspiration comes from. According to Westwood and Simpson's The Law of the Land, A Guide to English Legends, Jenny is one of a number of freshwater mermaid myths used as cautionary tales in Britain. And according to the book, the mer of mermaid is related to the old English word mere, meaning pool. It also formed the first part of Merewif, Merewife, which is the name given to Grendel's mother, in Beowulf, a cannibalistic ogress who lived beneath a lake. So again, you can see potential sort of uh, links there. The book A Treasury of British Folklore by D.D. Cheney speculates that Jenny Greenteeth may have her origin as some sort of ancient water deity or nymph, also known in the 19th century as Green Teeter, Bloody Bones or Old Nickley. Now, this version was said to hide in willows by the water. According to the book, such creatures can only be appeased by the occasional taking of a life. However, some bodies of water and their attendant spirits could only be appeased by rubbing salt onto the nets before fishing. But some rivers were believed to be less concerned with sacrifice and would actively give up the bodies of the drowned, such as Chester Dee or in Ilkeston, Derby, where it's once believed that beating a drum over water would reveal where a corpse lay. Mm-hmm. So we've got all these different ideas. Of yeah. Basically, creepy old monster lady lives under the pond... Yeah. wants to eat your children and on the face of it these are the sort of like monster ideas that I'd find sort of a bit dull because I've seen them used so often Yes. how yeah. would you try and put a new spin on it well, I mean we were talking about this the other day when we were preparing for this and I was saying I like the idea of like a monster as a cautionary tale but you were quite rightly saying that that wouldn't have the same effect in like your sort of D&D world as it would in the real world. Because mm-hmm. obviously you say to someone, like, an, like a kid in the real world, oh, don't go near that lake, or like, the monster's going to come out and get you to keep them away from the lake. Whereas if you say to like players in a D&D game, don't go near that lake, there's a monster in that, they're going to be like, how much stretch has that monster got? How much yeah. XP is that monster worth? And they're going to be like strapping their swords on and like wading into the pond before you can say, oh, look, I'd like to hit level two, please, GM. <laughs> so I, I don't think... I think that you can have a sort of cautionary tale in the same way. I think potentially if you're running like a low fantasy game or you were maybe running like a non-fantasy game but you wanted to slide some of those like urban legends in there, this might be an interesting way to do it. So I'm going to fall back on talking about World of Darkness because I've played a lot of World of Darkness. Now in that, we know monsters exist, but they tend to be mm-hmm. like your larger sort of monsters like vampires, werewolves, mages, etc. Now... I think it could be quite interesting if you had a sort of normal humans and then maybe start hearing a bit about these urban legends and you bleed a slightly more sort of like 
arguably fantastic monster into the game, but you sort of go at it very obliquely, so it's not just a case of you go near the pond, monster comes out and goes for you. But, you know, you start hearing the legends, you, you do a bit more of an investigation, you start piecing it together. Maybe it doesn't turn out to be this green jenny or whatever maybe it turns out to be something else but the legends sort of lead you in that direction yeah and with you suggesting moving it to a more modern setting yeah it occurs to me that this is not a dissimilar creature from like the thing that kills tasha yar in tng oh, Armus. yeah um the, the skin the, of evil the pool of like horrible water and the like big drippy creature coming out of it God. that's like grabbing people just for the sake of tormenting yeah um do, do we know why jenny Greenteeth likes to steal people there's various different reasons uh sort of applied to it the main one seems to be like just like eating people though mm-hmm and I assume it's it, obviously it's children because like children are the ones who are going to go wandering near a pond. They're the ones who need to be warned about it. And you know, obviously it's more scary if it's like oh, someone like you is going to get eaten by it when you're trying to like frighten your kid with it. But I assume the sort of like the rationale for it would be, you know, children they're easier to prey on. They're ostensibly like more defenceless than an adult. They don't really know. The, the sort of like the boundaries and what's dangerous to them they're a bit more sort of naive i suppose so i think that'd be the reason you know in the same way as like you know the um sort of hansel and gratwick and like the witch sort of like laws kids in and then sort of like eats them basically <laughs> although jenny green tea well, yeah is, eating kids is like a fair yes yeah, uh, motivation for a villain it's a staple of fairy just, tales just i mean curious, i think jenny, jenny green tea is just like a bit it. more opportunist so rather than actively luring people in, it's just like chilling below the waterline. And anyone who happens to go near the lake, obviously out come the long arms, and in they go. Now, I know Jenny Greenteeth's, actually, if I remember correctly, is actually featured in a couple of D&D modules, mm-hmm. like older ones, but I can't remember exactly which ones they are. Obviously, call in and tell us if you know, yep. or if you've played any of them. We'll, we'll follow up on the vo- next voicemail episode. That's it, indeed. So in terms of other ways you can use it i think this is a a great monster for like say a a sort of mystery monster or one where you have to try and find out about it rather than just as a monster that leaps out of the water and tries to attack you because when you come down to it let's face it it's some sort of troll slash ogre or it's some sort of hag that lurks Mm -hmm. below the water once it's out and it's just attacking you it's just an ogre a troll or a hag or whatever it's, it's a pile of hit points with some special abilities. However, the longer you can sort of... Like a lot of horror sort of style things, the longer you can sort of keep it off-centre stage, the more impact it will make because until it's revealed, it's this nebulous, horrible thing that's always lurking outside. It could be anything. But once you shine a light on it, it's just a, a bundle of hit points and attacks. Are you saying it has to be an ogre or a hag? sort of put an idea into my head yeah. of what if it was actually something like the uh, frog hemoth but the I'm afraid the, it's like, paste. the humanoid sort of appearance of it is actually just a lure on the end of a much larger well that's quite cool yeah, yeah. well yeah I mean that that would that would work I mean like when we say we're talking about it being like one of these sort of freshwater mermaids 
obviously mermaids are known for being able to lure people in mm-hmm. so like you say you could have it so that the green jenny's part of a law or who's to say that green jenny can't assume like a an entrancing appearance like a siren or something like that in order to lure people in who's to say that like the kid doesn't see like a, a kindly old woman or even their mother or someone like that being like oh come over here we're gonna we're gonna head home <laughs> they go wandering over oh splash they're in the door you're falling into they're old in the stereotypes room. now love well, that's it. So, well, well old stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason if they, if they become archetypes it's because they used a lot because they they mean something to people and i think obviously the um the sort of this sort of like crone this sort of cautionary tale obviously has a great deal of impact on people because obviously we we sort of fear anything that could potentially injure our children and something which looks human but isn't in a way and is more predatory is obviously because we consider ourselves to be like the top of the food chain mm-hmm. so something that looks like us but is actually above us in the food chain is extremely scary it's that whole predator prey thing and if it threatens your young as well mm-hmm. obviously it's that much more so so yeah i think you're right that it would be a lot more of an interesting monster in a modern setting when yeah. you're playing sort of normal humans compared to in a fantasy setting where everybody's got superpowers already yeah i mean i think the danger of this sort of monster in a standard like let's say D sort of fantasy setting is that it would be one of a large array of monsters in a D setting and yes whilst you might be like oh it's, it's killed some like youngsters near a village oh that's terrible that's a shame it's not horrific in the sense of like it's a monster it's horrific because of what it does but it's not horrific because you're like oh my god it's something unnatural like something we've never seen before because you'll be like I've been like killing ogres and like goblins and like bugbears and the like, like since I was knee high to a zero level hireling. <laughs> so it loses some of the horror vibe. And that's not to say you can't use it. I mean, if you don't want the horror vibe, yeah, fill your boots, go for it. But it doesn't have that same impact because there's a lot of monsters in D&D. Whereas if you're in a game where it's, I don't know, maybe like a Cthulhu game, like a Call of Cthulhu game or like a Tremulous game. Maybe you want to throw in like a bit of like non-Cthulhu sort of legendary. That could be something quite different. Like say a World of Darkness game where there's certain monsters that tend to feature prominently. But again, this is something different. I mean, they did a book for for Chronicles of Darkness called Urban Legends, which was about stuff like that. So I think potentially just sort of like, you don't want to be doing it all the time because it'll lose its impact, but just occasionally like, throwing in a creature that like people don't expect and then leaving them to work out what's going on with it mm-hmm. can sort of increase the impact of that creature so there we are that's our short episode on jenny or Ginny green teeth we hope you've enjoyed this if you'd like to see us deal with some more creatures from folklore on our friday episodes do call in or give us a shout and let us know. Perhaps you'd like to suggest some creatures that you'd like to see. Personally, I'd like to do the Ogre of Gormley Keep or Spring Hill Jack, which are two of my favourites. And I certainly know that Joe from Hindsight would probably like to hear a bit more about Spring Hill Jack because I know he loves a bit of that. But if you would like to get in touch, there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can leave us a voicemail message on SpeakPipe, link in the description of the show, or you can send us a voicemail to anchor again link down below finally if you want to send us an email 
you can do so at oddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming. Bye. Bye.